when I got into football, I, I was told one thing. If you're hurt, you never show it. And you just get on with it. Just be able to sit there in front of other people and say, yeah, I'm feeling this way. That just shows the importance of how mental health is being recognised. Welcome to The Kind Place, a podcast series brought to you by the British Red Cross and On Our Radar. One in five people in the UK say they often or always feel lonely. The Red Cross Lonely and Left Behind report shows that almost 40% of adults haven't had a meaningful conversation in the last fortnight. In the sixth and final episode of this series, two football players from different generations talk about how sport can be used to connect and about the different attitudes towards masculinity and mental health across generations. Neville Southall played as a goalkeeper for Everton and Wales in the 1980s and 90s, winning two league titles, two FA Cups and a European Cup Winners' Cup. Kean is a 17-year-old sixth-form student and football coach from South London. He works with Football Beyond Borders, running football and education projects to support disadvantaged young people in his community. This is the first time they've spoken to each other. Are you keen? You okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm good. What about Man United then? Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> hey, not good, is it, mate? It's not good at all. It's quite. It's a tough time at the moment. I don't know much about you, so if you want to tell me, look, I don't know about your family, I don't know about you really. So have you got brothers, sisters or...? Yeah, well, I've, I'm currently, I'm 17 at the moment. I've got a younger brother who's yeah. 15. And then it's, and we live with me, him, my mum, my dad. Right, and where's your mum and dad from? Mum's uh, from Jamaica and dad's from England. I've been playing football since I was about four or five. And football's always been something that's made me, makes me happy. Win or lose, no matter what, when you're on the pitch, it's like you just feel good. Yeah, I can understand that because when you exercise, endorphins come in your brain and makes you feel good anyway as well. But it, it's, for you, I, I would imagine the same for me, it's about freedom. 100%, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's about doing whatever you want to do as long as you try. You know, you're trying your own way to get better and I think that does make you feel happy. And also, you have a framework, but within that framework, you're allowed to just be yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's really difficult at times. To, you know, when you, everybody seems to wear a mask, and it's very rare that you can actually be yourself. And I found it a real great you know, release for me. I'd say since I started playing football from a very young age, I'd always been establishing connections and making new friends and meeting new people just because you have to communicate on the football pitch you can't play by yourself in a team sport kind of thing but I would say over like the whole isolation or the lockdown experience some connections started to like fade away or weaken just purely because if you don't see people sometimes you forget you don't always check in on everyone and I think that happens for most people but it's it was quite a strange thing as well. Yeah, because people are different here, aren't they? People all have their own agendas. Yeah. You can see your relationship with somebody one way and they see it a different way. What you've also got to remember sometimes is that we, we don't think alike all the time. And we, we all have our own judgments and values on other people. Everybody's, especially now, lives on their own bubble, don't they? Yeah. 
So, if you could tell me one highlight of your career, what would it be? We played Bayern Munich, you know, there, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But we played Bayern Munich, we, we drew nil-nil. We, we got absolutely smashed, to be fair, and we shouldn't have got a nil-nil draw. And then it was a semi-final of the uh, Cup Winners' Cup, which is a Europa Cup now. And then we went back to our place, Goodison, and it took us 15 minutes to get through the crowd on the bus to get to actually the dressing room. It was absolutely packed. We ended up winning 3-1. But at any other time, in any other ground, in any other city, we'd have lost the second game. And that's what makes it special to me. It's the only time that the crowd and the players sort of synced, if you like, as in one. And it was a really special night. I would swap everything for that night. I'd swap all my caps, all my medals, everything I had for that one night. Again, it was the best night of my life. I'd say one of my my probably career highlights was playing for London County at under 16 level. That's the highest level I've ever played at. And how did you feel that day? I felt nervous. The coach the coach said, he said, who's feeling nervous? Put your hand up. And that's when I said, yeah, I'm nervous. And all, quite a few of the other people also said, yeah, we're nervous. We've never done anything like this before, had an opportunity like this before. I just feel like, personally, talking is always going to give you a good outcome because either the person, what the person will say to you, they're going to, you're going to feel reassured or you're going to feel better. And then when you realise there's someone else in the same boat as you, you feel like you're in this together kind of thing. Well, I, I think it's, it's great when it happens, really, because when I got into football, right, I was told one thing. If you're hurt, you never show it and you just get on with it. And it doesn't matter whether your leg's hanging off or your arm's hanging off. You get up and you just carry on. And that's what we did. It was just like, carry on, carry on, carry on. It was a sort of, you're a man, so therefore, there's nothing wrong with you. We didn't have anybody else to go and tell anybody with. You know, if you had a problem, you just go, well, just get on with it. And, that, and I think the difference now is that the new sports psychologist, we didn't have any of that. It was basically a physio, a kit man, the manager and the coach, and that was it. So we had a tight band. So, yeah, nobody ever talked about mental health because it wasn't on the agenda. So based on what you just said there, sometimes do you feel like the pitch could be a bit of a lonely place or do you always feel you was all in it together kind of thing? You was always connected? If I made a mistake in the first minute, it was a long 90 minutes and it was quite lonely. Do you know what I mean? It's like being the Prime Minister. When you make a mistake, everybody hates you. So, and you can, you can almost feel that hate at times. So, yeah, football can be a lonely place out on the pitch at times. You know, you look at some other stuff that happens these days. And, and, I'll, and I'll be honest, if it, if it was that good, we'd have had a gay player on the pitch by now. So we're still a ways off of creating a good atmosphere. You know, and mental health's only just become trendy, really. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with mental health in the next couple of years because I'm hoping the clubs are going to push it. So you said it's only recently mental health has become trendy. And I completely agree it's only recently it's become 
more on the rise. But how, what do you think's made it become more awareness being raised about it? Um, I think that's a difficult one to, to answer, really. You know, if we took the mental health charity away in this country, the country would just die on its feet. I think there's a fantastic lot of people who are already out there working. You know, what you're doing is fantastic. I think with the footballers, I think we have so many different coaches in football now, it's become a lot more acceptable for people to talk about things. I think it's become a lot more softer, less aggressive. And I think that's led to a better atmosphere that's allowed people to talk. Yeah. In my dressing rooms, I've always had supportive players around me. But I've always felt that if I needed to, I had people there that I could talk to. I, I also think, Keen, it's because there's a generation who have come through where some of the older ones have not been able to talk about it ever. My mum and dad would never talk about mental health ever. So I think, you know, the, the younger people who are coming through, and because technology has got better, they find it easier to speak. You know, there's so many ways to talk to somebody now, isn't there? And I think young people are probably better equipped now to talk about things than ever before, I think. Do you? Yeah, no, I agree with you, yeah. It's definitely a positive thing, just to be able to get that off, just to be able to sit there in front of other people and say, yeah, I'm feeling this way, and to take you seriously, and in fact, for someone else to say, yeah, me too. And that just shows the importance of how mental health is being recognised and the fact that everyone can just support each other in the changing rooms now, which is a very powerful thing, I'd say. If looking at me, I'm 17. If you were to look back to yourself at 17, what one piece of advice would you tell yourself? Look and learn. I said to me, look and learn all the time. There's always something you can learn. And I think for me now, even at, I'm 62 now, I still do courses. I still do lots of courses. I still try and learn. Because if you don't, if you stand still, either everything passes you by, or you yourself stagnate. And I think if you keep your mind active, I think that's the best way to do it. I've really enjoyed this conversation. It makes you actually question everything, which I thought was a really powerful thing. Yeah, well, you have to go through things to get experience, don't you? And that's exactly what you're doing now. You, you, but you can, like I say, you can't buy it. You have to go through it. I like, I think you're a level-headed lad, Keane, to be fair. You, you support the wrong team. <laughs> I'm sure you'll come round to a decent team in the end. But I will go to bed happy tonight because I made you think. And as a coach and as a person, I think that was my job to make you think. One thing I will say here, Kian, is, is that you must look at everything you do from somebody else's perspective to see how they think and how they would feel. So you don't look at it just through your own glasses, you look at it from somebody else's eyes as well. If you ever need any help or guidance or whatever, you can contact me anytime. All right, thank you very much for that. Pleasure, mate, anytime. Take care. And you might. Bye. Bye.
that's it for this season of The Kind Place. If you are feeling lonely and want to speak to someone, you can call the Red Cross Coronavirus Support Line between 10am and 6pm every day on 0808 196 3651. You can also visit the Get Help with Loneliness page on the Red Cross website to access other online resources and find your local Red Cross service who will be able to support you. If you've enjoyed the series, please do leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. It might sound like a little thing, but it really helps us to reach new listeners. And stay subscribed to this feed to be the first to find out about future episodes. This project was funded by DCMS and produced by Paul Miles, Chris Walter and Pete Norton. Thanks for listening.